0: Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 205 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks, and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the 17th day of December in the year 2023, third week in a row in the offseason where typically, unless something big happens, it's every other week. That's usually the off-season format here on Yapping Yankees. Yet, third week in a row, here we go. It's another accidental rhyme. I've been doing that a lot lately. (laughs) And it's also the second-to-last episode, by the way, of 2023, my friends, because next Sunday, in the event that something unbelievably massive happens, unless it's in the event of that then I plan on taking off next Sunday for Christmas Eve. Understandably so. I would hope, understandably so. But that is the plan as of now, at least. So, given that, it is the second-to-last episode. Because the last episode will be on the last day of the year. In two Sundays from now, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Holy crap! Yeah, Frank Barone, I know, right? So that lined up in a pretty crazy way. Last episode of 2023 for Yapping Yankees on the last day of 2023. So that is pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to doing a New Year's Eve episode. I'm pretty sure I have not done that in the years I've done this podcast. I don't think it has ever landed on New Year's Eve before, on a Sunday in the last four and a half years I've done this show. I don't think that that's happened. So I'm very much looking forward to doing that. It's going to be very interesting to... Do an episode and everybody's getting ready for midnight, which of course is the biggest highlight of the day, or night, I guess. And releasing an episode just a couple hours before January 1st of 2024. That's certainly going to be interesting. And My God, is that plain loud out there right now. Jeez. I don't even know if the mic's picking it up. It probably is. But, yeah, I cannot believe... That we're at this point of the year, guys. I know a lot of weeks I spend time saying, Oh my God, I can't believe it's this time of the year and this much time has gone by as fast as it has. But I'm being really genuine when I say that. I really cannot believe it's mid December right now. And in the offseason with the bi weekly format, we're actually going to have four episodes in the month of December with this because there was an episode two weeks ago, last week, this week, right now, and on December 31st. So in what's usually a bi-weekly format in the off-season, you're actually getting four December episodes of Yapping Yankees. It's pretty cool, right? You can mainly thank Juan Soto for that for last week, I guess. But even so, it would still be at least three, because the first episode was at the very beginning of the month on the 3rd. And then I still would have done one today. That would have been the second, regardless. And then there would have been one on the 31st, the 3rd. But instead, you're getting four. Even one more than there ordinarily would have been. So it's still pretty cool either way. And speaking of Juan Soto happening, I'm still on a high from that. <laughs> and I hope you guys have been too, and you guys have been well lately. I definitely know a lot of people who have been well, particularly in the Yankee community, have Juan Soto to thank for boosting their mood, if it needed boosting anyway. But even if it didn't, I'm sure it helped anyway. Regardless, certainly helped me. <laughs> oh my god, it's it still has not settled in yet. Like I said, it probably won't settle in until... I actually see him in the uniform in spring training. It settled in a little bit, I guess, in the introductory press conference from this past week, so I guess it did a tiny bit, but I don't know. Not really. Still hasn't really hit me yet. (laughs) Not fully. It's it's not going to be until he's in uniform and actually playing games, exhibition or not, in a Yankee uniform. That's when it's going to happen for me, and that's totally fine. But the introductory press conference was very, very nice. And it was just good to see him showing excitement about being a Yankee. I really want to thank my boy Brian Hoke for getting the question out of the way right away, the burning question on everybody's mind, being really the main question that really for a lot of people is determining whether or not this was a good trade. People asking, is he going to get extended? Because how worth it would that make the trade? So, Brian asked that almost immediately out of the gate. I believe it might have been like the second question in the entire press conference, so Brian Hoke going for it right away. That's why he's one of my favorites. He asks the questions that everyone wants to hear, and Monsoto basically let it left it up in the air. It's to be expected. Basically threw it his agent's way, be like, yeah, you know, Scott Boris, my agent, does that side of the discussion for me. My job is to really come here and just give this team the best possibility with my help to win the World Series as humanly possible. So, you know, it's a respectable answer, and an expected one, so it's it's fine. It's whatever. But still, nonetheless, it was just great to see him talking about how excited he was about being a Yankee and how thrilled he is to come here and try to help push them forward as his his job, very much so. And it was also very funny to hear him talk about <laughs> what exactly he was even doing when the trade was announced, and what he was up to when the Padres general manager called him up. Preller called him up and told him about the trade (laughs) when it had officially gone through on that fateful Wednesday night. And it turned out that he was playing Nintendo, (laughs) which I myself actually very much respect as a video gamer myself. I'm not nearly as much of a video gamer as I was when I was younger, but I still dabble in it. I still especially turn on a lot of games for nostalgia that I used to play very often when I was younger, so I'm certainly an experienced gamer, even if I'm not as much as I was when I was younger. So, hey, I respect the hell out of that. These guys are in the offseason right now. They're resting up and getting ready for 2024, so it's just very funny that that happened to be what he was doing when he found out that he had been traded to the New York freaking Yankees. <laughs> and just a very genuine reply, honestly. I was playing video games. <laughs> fair enough he is only 25 years old anyway guys you know after all he is still just in his mid 20s like myself he is still a kid in a lot of ways so not a surprising answer at all very genuine and heartfelt one but (laughs) and also funny but yeah so the press conference passed it was great to see Juan Soto wearing a Yankee hat kept on adjusting you could see just he kept on smiling so much throughout the interview he's amped and I'm Just as amped, if not even more amped, to see him put on the damn uniform for the first time. So I am overjoyed, even more so after watching that press conference. And that was really the highlight of this past week otherwise, guys, because outside of what we spoke about last Sunday, about that developing trade happening between the Yankees and the Dodgers, and just more and more updates continuously every single day on the Yamamoto situation, not much really happened. This past week, to be honest, kind of quiet on the front a little bit. So, if not for me wanting to take off for Christmas Eve next week, otherwise I may not have needed to do an episode really today, but I even just felt like doing one. I don't know. So, like turning on the microphone and giving you guys an episode and talking some yanks today here on this Sunday, the 17th. Nonetheless, even if there is not much to talk about, not the end of the world if it happens to be a bit of a shorter episode than usual especially because of how long the episodes are anyway, and they still have been despite it being the offseason, just because I cannot shut myself up as usual. But hey, if we have a little bit of a shorter one today, not the end of the world. Still a bunch of Yapping Yankees content that we have gotten quality content this offseason, and that's really what I care about. So if it's all right with you, let's dive right in, right into the news. Had some chit-chat before getting there, unlike the last couple of weeks when we got right down to business because of all that was happening. But this week, take a little bit of time, kick our feet up, hang back and relax a little bit. No need to just dive in head first like the last couple episodes. So, otherwise, actually few episodes, because December's been an eventful month, winter meetings, Juan Soto, everything going on, all the talk and rumors, and ugh, God. <laughs> That's what we hope for the off-season, though. Because otherwise, it's going to be boring as hell. So, But otherwise, yes, let's hit on that Yankees and Dodgers trade that we were talking about last Sunday first. Because that was a pretty random piece of news that we had gotten from Ken Rosenthal on Twitter, or X, whatever the hell it's calling itself these days, amidst its identity crisis, as I've been saying. <laughs> but random drop of news last week. While I was in the middle of recording, that dropped from Ken Rosenthal saying that the Yankees and Dodgers are in the middle of a developing trade where names have not been announced yet, and it's going to result in the Dodgers clearing two 40-man spots on their 40-man roster to make room for Shohei Ohtani and Joe Kelly. But again, no names were mentioned. And I said that I would provide an update if it was clarified before I finished recording. It was not clarified before I finished recording. It was clarified on Monday in the late morning, so early in the next day after we last spoke. So now that that update has been officially provided, we can officially talk about it here six days later. That's how it works when you do weekly content. But otherwise, they did make their official move at the Yankees. The Yankees, of course, gave what they gave back. More specifically, prospect Trey Sweeney. Pretty big name. I was pretty surprised when I saw that initially. But then I actually looked at the trade, like most sensible people should, before jumping to conclusions to the best of their ability. I understand emotions take over. Admittedly, it does for me sometimes as well. Guilty, I plead. But... We've been hearing that despite all of the shortstop and overall infield prospects the Yanks have and are currently in possession of, we've been hearing lots of good things through the years about Trey Sweeney. So I definitely understand some people's emotions taking over as a knee-jerk reaction right at the beginning. But the Yankees also had and have a number of guys ahead of him in the system as well, if you do your research on the minor league system. Now, I plead guilty to not always being able to do that at times because I'm more concentrated on the major leagues and everything having to do with that. But the minor league system is at least important to update yourself on at least somewhat regularly, just so you're up to speed, so that when these kinds of things happen, you know, you don't go out there sounding like a moron. All of us have to do our research. None of us know absolutely everything right off the bat without doing any research. That would be completely unrealistic. Nobody's a genius. Nobody knows absolutely everything. So if you got to do your additional research to come up with a well-thought-out, astute point or opinion, one that makes sense, I encourage you to do so, kind of like I did this time around. So lots of shortstops to go around in particular if you look in the Yankees' system, and overall infield prospects especially. But anyways, they gave Trey Sweeney to the Dodgers, much to the surprise of a lot of people initially in exchange for the two players at hand, as expected, to clear the two 40-man roster spots. One was relief pitcher Victor Gonzalez, left-hander. Not great, but not awful either. Really good against left-handed hitters. And second-slash-third baseman, beat Vivas. How about that name, huh? At first, I thought it was Jorbit Vivas, and then I... Watched some highlight videos and tried to get some commentators saying his name and heard Your Beat Vivas. So I'm saying that it's got to be the pronunciation. Can't imagine they would allow them to commentate games and mispronounce his name a number of times and not be reprimanded about it. So Your Beat Vivas acquired alongside Victor Gonzalez. Those are the two guys the Dodgers gave back. And like I said before about doing research, I admittedly had to do a little bit of research on Vivas, and even a little bit on Gonzalez as well, but I'd especially never heard of Vivas. He was the Dodgers' number 10 prospect, so not bad there in the top 10. Sweeney was number 8 for the Yanks, with two shortstop prospects alone ahead of him, a name right away that many people are going to recognize, the number 1 overall international prospect at the time the Yankees signed him in Roderick Arias. And also George Lombard Jr. So, not to minimize him, because again, Sweeney was important in the Yankees' system, but it is also a system full of a lot of guys playing similar positions to him, or even the exact same position. And he had more than one guy ahead of him still. So, it's not necessarily someone that the Yankees couldn't afford to give away in Trey Sweeney. So, got two guys ahead of him, especially... Arias, and that's the one that I'm really, really amped about since they signed him. And think of how important the international prospect pool is and how much of Major League Baseball consists of these guys who came here originally via that avenue. So it really is important. And Arias is a part of that and one of two guys who are over Trey Sweeney with the exact same position played in the Yankees' system. So they really seem to believe in them if they're giving away Trey Sweeney in this trade. Otherwise, they may have been a little bit more compelled to hang on to him. And in comparing directly, because Victor Gonzalez, yes, is a reliever. I'm I'm imagining because the Dodgers had to clear two spots, he was just rather an addition. But when it comes to the direct trade between infielders, between Sweeney and Vivas, I decided to compare those two specifically more so because... You're trading an infielder for an infielder for those two in particular, plus the reliever in Victor Gonzalez. So I did my research on Gonzalez, but especially on Vivas to see if the Yankees are getting back a respectable infield prospect. And I actually very much liked what I saw, if we're being really honest. Vivas is also a year younger than Trey Sweeney, so the age is even more of a plus, plus. and the offense numbers, at least in 2023, there wasn't that big of a gap between the two. In some respects, Vivas actually was a bit better. And overall closer to the major leagues as well. Vivas has AAA experience. Sweeney has not played a game above Double A as of yet. Not trying to hold it against the guy, but it's just a fact when you're comparing the two. So that's really that when I'm looking at the trade. You got a guy who some people have compared to Wandy Peralta in certain respects and could even end up being his replacement if Wandy isn't brought back, which it's looking very likely that he won't be brought back. Likely costing less too, if you're talking about Gonzalez, in contrast to Peralta. And on top of getting a reliever like that, could be a pretty solid Wandy replacement. Does, again, very well against left-handed hitters, which is a big plus. On top of that, you get another infield prospect who seems to be on a similar, or in even some aspects, a bit better of a level than Trey Sweeney. So, I mean, there you have it. Dodgers actually gave away a prospect that in a lot of ways is better than Trey Sweeney, especially in respects of being closer to the major leagues, and also adding a reliever on top of it. So, at the end of the day, you got the Dodgers clearing their roster space. Acquire more than respectable prospect in Trey Sweeney in return. And the Yankees, well, they get back another solid infield prospect along with a reliever for some more potential bullpen help. Both lefties, by the way, in case I didn't already mention that. Well, Viva spats lefty, throws righty. so. But ultimately, both sides get what they want. The Yankees get an even or even a bit better of... An infield prospect back on top of bullpen help. Dodgers clear their space, get a respectable infield prospect back in Trey Sweeney. I thought this was a good trade for the Yankees. After looking into it, doing my due diligence, doing my research, I actually like the trade. So I think this is good. Dodgers get what they want. They clear their space for their two big guys in Joe Kelly and Shohei Otani. And the Yankees also make a good trade on their end talent-wise, and I just like it. thought it was a pretty good trade overall. So that was that. And on Thursday night, the Yankees made an announcement of another move. And then this move had sort of a part two to it. So pretty interesting there. But on Thursday night, it was announced that the Yankees actually traded outfielder Billy McKinney to the Pirates for international signing money. So on the subject before of what I was just talking about with the importance of international signings, the Yankees get more of it. By trading away Billy McKinney. Now, the interesting thing is, is that just in the last week or two, we spoke about this right here on Yapping Yankees, and the rest of the Yankee community also had heard about this, but the Yankees recently had just signed back Billy McKinney on a minor league deal. So they had just brought him back with his future of helping the big league club, of course, uncertain, with it just being a minor league deal, at least as of now. Well, they used that to flip him for some international signing money. So I can respect that. Billy's headed to Pittsburgh. Billy certainly had as good times as a Yankee, as we had reflected on when he had officially hit free agency right after the season ended. So no need to really go into that yet again. But it really does seem more definitive this time. That opposed to when he first hit free agency, and it was always possible that the Yankees could bring him back. Well, now he's traded. So he's really definitively gone, at least for now. And in turn, the Yankees get some international signing money. But it was just very interesting to me because I wasn't really expecting that just last week. It shows how uh, these things could just happen on a whim, really. But just last week, the Yankees had brought him back in a minor league deal. So very interesting there. And now this part's really where the part two comes into play when it comes to this. But the Yankees, after they'd done this and acquired this international signing money, used it, $450,000 worth, to sign catcher, and I hope I'm saying this right, Justin Capellion. That's really how I heard the Spanish announcers pronouncing when I tried to look up more on him, or maybe with more of an American accent, Justin Capellan, C-A-P-E-L-L-A-N is how his last name is spelled, for anyone interested. So, that's who they brought in, and that was for all the international signing pool money that they had acquired in this trade with Pittsburgh when they acquired Billy McKinney from the Yankees. So, yet another international signing for the Yankees. I do like how they so frequently dabble in this area, because like I said, so much of the major league's elite talent comes from this arena. And the Yankees already have some promising names, Arias being the biggest one, of course, right now down in the minors, that a lot of people are really excited about to see come up and see if they can make a massive impact, and maybe this kid can too. So, another international signing done by the Yankees, and acquiring Billy McKinney back on a minor league deal, really allowed it to happen in this trade with Pittsburgh. So the Yankees dabbling in this area yet again. Looking forward to seeing if this kid can turn into something down the line. Uh, Elsewhere around the league, honestly, because not much else happened in the Yankees world just this past week since we last spoke last Sunday, the 10th, the Giants did end up signing Korean free agent Young-Hoo Lee to a six-year deal. So Lee is off the market officially. So he is officially signed with a United States team, that being the San Francisco Giants. So a big international free agent off the board in the offseason. Obviously, he was in a lot of talks with the Yankees as well as a potential player that a lot of fans wanted the Yankees to take a legitimate look at and really consider. Of course, they ended up going down the route of Juan Soto, which I am totally fine with, as we all know. (laughs) But the Giants thought it interesting to go down the route of Lee instead, and now he's going to be spending at least the next six years there. So close to home on the West Coast, obviously, closer than if he would be on the East Coast at least. And we'll see how he makes out there and makes out in the United States. So best of luck to Lee in San Francisco. I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays here and how he adjusts from Korea to here. And they've been rumored with him for a while, so I'm really not surprised that the Giants were his ultimate choice. Maybe they even gave him the best deal. I know six years in the lower $100 million range, so not a bad deal at all. Go for it. See what happens. And also, just a couple of days ago, the Dodgers completed a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays for Tyler Glasnow and then gave him a contract right after, a bit of a hefty one, five years, $136.5 million extension for Glassnow on top of the money that he was already owed for 2024. The deal will apparently add four years and $111.5 million in new money onto the $25 million Glassnow was already owed for this coming season. And also Manuel Margot headed over to Los Angeles, alongside Glasnell as well. And the Rays got two solid young guys back. Ryan Pepio, who's my age, 26 years old. He's a right-handed pitcher with starting and relief experience. And although he doesn't have an unbelievable amount of Major League experience yet, he has some really good stuff, solid change-up, throws pretty hard, and a lot of potential, alongside 25-year-old outfielder Johnny DeLuca. So... Young guy, versatility in the outfield. Only has a couple of dozen games worth of experience in the major leagues, but I still hear a lot of good things about the kid. He's got some pop in his bat in 298 minor league games. He had 65 home runs, over 200 RBIs, 271 average, 357 on base, 526 slugging, 884 OPS. Eh, Doesn't sound too bad to me. (laughs) And we all know how... If you're a Yankee fan, this is unfortunately how good the Rays are at developing young talent, especially good young arms, so Pepio really is the one I look at when I make that point, but nonetheless a couple of good young guys back and the Dodgers do get a respectable outfielder in Manuel Margot and a very respectable starter in Tyler Glasnow back but they also, as I said before extend him to a bit of a hefty contract right after, especially considering his health issues, but that seems to be a frequent habit around the league these days, so not surprised. But Glasnow is definitely very talented, has great stuff, especially when he's just, as long as he's on the field, that's really the main thing. But that's really the trade that went down recently around the league between the Dodgers and the Rays. Interesting trade pairing there. And the Rays just stocking up on young talent like they always have the tendency of doing, and often time for them. We know it works out a lot. So they're still delving into that area. And if these kids have any major success, I'm sure the Yankees will know about it right away, considering how often the Yankees have to play them within that division. So can't wait. (laughs) But yeah, that's really it for around the league as of now. Just the wheels continue to turn. The rumors continue to go around. And nothing too absolutely nuts has happened in the last week, especially in Yankee land, all things considered. The only thing that's mainly on everybody's mind still as I've said already throughout most of the episode, is the Yamamoto anticipation. And I guess we'll talk about that for a couple of minutes before we head into the social media segment, which, spoiler alert, has to do with Yamamoto. But more or less just a lot of word going around about him meeting with team after team after team after team. team. The really big players that we've mentioned really seem to be, it could very well come down to, a lot of people have even said this, the Yankees and the Mets. Also, the Dodgers are still out there. But I mean, who really knows? They just made this trade and extended glass now to that money. They signed Otani, of course, but then there was word of the deferral of money in that contract, which is really beating around the bush with the CBT and what they really allow. (laughs) But nonetheless, we've spoken about that and how outrageous that contract is with or without deferred money. I'm done talking about that. I'm exhausted by it. still basically the most obscene contract I've seen in the history of sports. But nonetheless... Because of the deferral of money, they said, oh, they're still very much in the running for Yamamoto. Don't count the Dodgers out. And he's met with them a couple of times, to my knowledge and everyone's knowledge, and he's met with the Mets a couple of times, and he's meeting with the Yankees again very soon, either like today or tomorrow soon. (laughs) And so that's happening, and apparently he met with Boston as well, and the Red Sox may or may not have offered him a massive contract, and the Giants could be in on him as well, I've heard. Maybe <laughs> just so, maybe four or five teams, but really the main big three players that everybody's hearing of and are taking seriously are the Yankees, Mets, and Dodgers. Yankees and Dodgers, of course, a lot of people would expect them to be the main two, but of course, you have Steve Cohen with the Mets willing to open up the checkbook big time, or at least everybody's anticipating that. So that makes them players as well. But those are really the big three, if I had to say. I'm not completely shrugging off Boston. They definitely have what it takes to offer a big contract as well. I'm just not really sure Yamamoto would go there. Just a gut feeling. I don't really know. I could end up being totally wrong. Don't hold me to that. I'm not saying that as a definitive prediction. But I don't know. I just don't really... I don't feel the connection. I see it being much more likely of him going to one of the big main three, the Yankees-Mets-Dodgers. Yankees, because you hear about all the background there, Cashman going there and witnessing a no-hitter in person, talk about that timing, and Yamamoto pointing to them, and him meeting with them multiple times, and seeing him in Yankee hats, and talking about how much he'd prefer to be in a town like New York, and be with the biggest one like the Yankees, and then And then you hear about just the New York pizzazz overall, I guess, and the potential of Cohen throwing all the money that he can at them, and he's met with them a couple of times, too, so he could very well go to the Mets. And then the Dodgers are the Dodgers, of course. You saw the kind of contract they just gave to Shohei, the kind of money they've been willing to throw around of late, which always makes them a threat. Of course, being from Japan, being on the West Coast in general, may play up to certain guys because of the fact that they're closest to home geographically. So, my point is, <laughs> after that whole tirade without barely even taking a breath, is to say that really any one of these three is a legitimate possibility. Nobody really knows. I'm not saying this out of bias. This is true objectivity here. I just truly feel like the best chance is going to be the Yankees. I just have a really good feeling about it. I feel like they have a lot of good talking points to really draw him here and make him want to come here. And also, all the talk about him, like them saving like the number 18 for him and. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it's a good connection. I feel like the Yankees have what it takes contractually to get it done. I feel like Yamamoto would want to come here based off of the competitive nature I've heard he has. And I just feel like it would be a good match, personally. Not saying that means he will definitely not go to either of the other two, or maybe even outlier like Boston. I consider them an outlier, at least. You never really know, but I just feel like it's a good connection. And I feel like it could very well happen. The amount of money that he could end up making could be completely obscene, considering he has yet to even throw a pitch in the major leagues yet. And the adjustment is a real one. The numbers usually increase, unfortunately, every time someone comes here. Pitching-wise, you know, the ERAs go up a bit, the records aren't as good, the strikeouts aren't as good, and maybe the whip goes up a bit. You know, everything. Everything goes up. Because there's naturally, I'm not insulting the Japanese guys, they have incredible, remarkable talent over there. But Major League Baseball talent is obviously better. It's like the center of the world as far as elite baseball talent. It's the reason why everyone wants to come here to play, aside from just making big money, which is definitely a big draw in itself. But the numbers usually increase here. You don't do as well here as you do in your home country typically. It's just not how it goes. So there is going to be an adjustment the throwing schedules are different. The baseballs are different. The talent here is different. A lot of crucial factors here that lead to deciphering why the two places are so different to play for. So, that is to be considered when an international free agent who's been posted to Major League Baseball free agency signs here, which is why it's probably not recommended you sign these guys to multiple hundreds of millions of dollars in money before they are yet to throw a pitch in this country. Considering it's the Yankees and nobody, including myself, feels bad for them, especially monetarily, I want them to do it because I truly feel like it is one of the final major puzzle pieces that they have in order to make this a team that could really make a true run at the World Series for the first time in years. That's just my opinion alone. I'd be okay with it. Even though it is a risk, I'm acknowledging the risk. A lot of other people may be like, oh, it's better off to maybe try barking up the tree of someone like a Corbin Burns or a Blake Snell or someone of that nature. Like, keep it within here as a proven major league talent. You know, it's whatever. If Yamamoto doesn't work out, then maybe you do bark up one of those trees. But while Yamamoto is available and as intriguing as he is with all of the positive attributes that he has, despite the amount of money it'll cost, I just have a good feeling that he would be an amazing addition to this rotation. I really do. I like his stuff, throws hard. I've seen how his splitter moves. I've seen how his breaking stuff moves. I've seen his attitude, and I've seen his competitive nature. And I'm sorry, to me it just shouts New York Yankee. It just There's a connection there. I don't say that about too many guys, but for him I'm saying it. I just kind of feel like he belongs here. It's just a matter of bringing him home. So I'm hoping it gets done. If I had to say the kind of contract we're looking at, it's pretty amazing how he went from like high 100s maybe into the low to mid at most 200s in millions of dollars. And now we're talking about into the low 300s. Maybe because of the contract Otani got. And maybe because of the anticipation of him. Regardless, maybe it could be a mix of those two things and another factor as well. But it's it could be pretty steep <laughs> for a guy, again, who has not thrown a pitch here. And there is definitely a risk factor involved. I'm saying maybe somewhere in like the nine-year range, just maybe around 300 million, maybe exactly 300 million. If he can get away with something in the mid to high 200s, then you do that. If he wants it here bad enough, then maybe he'll take that money. But that's where I'm expecting it. Maybe yeah, low 300s, which it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for someone who has not pitched here yet. But that's basically where I see, give or take, the contract lying. That's where I see it happening and how I see it happening. And I'm amped for him. I've said for weeks now, my ideal offseason consists of Soto, Yamamoto and any other small pieces the Yankees want to add to bolster up the rotation, or maybe even the outfield even more. If they find ways to add little relievers here and there, like a Victor Gonzalez in the Dodgers trade, for instance, things like that. The Yankees have their way of finagling things at times. But the main two, Soto and Yamamoto, one of those two have been completed already. And if Yamamoto got done, I'd be over the moon. It would have to be for a lot of money, as I've acknowledged. I wouldn't be particularly thrilled about that. But whatever it takes to get it done, man, if it gets the Yankees that much closer to a title, which, yes, I know it's not a guarantee. A lot of these Japanese guys, especially because of the change in schedule as well, often develop a lot of arm problems too, so that could definitely happen to Yamamoto, although age is on his side. He's only 25. Could happen. A lot of things could happen, though. Nothing's ever a guarantee. And while you could acquire another major piece of the puzzle in your quest to do it all next year, because next year is the one I'm focused on primarily, then you do whatever it takes to get it done. I've been very vocal about that mindset and going about things that way, and I'm sticking to that. That is my story, and I'm sticking to it, as they say. So that's my two cents on Yamamoto, as I've said very often the past few weeks. I'm getting especially excited now that Half of my main mission when it comes to what I wanted the Yankees to do this offseason has been officially complete, with Yamamoto being the second of two, and the anticipation continues to build. Another Yankee meeting imminent, if not already completed today, depending on when it officially is. Multiple meetings with the Mets, multiple meetings with the Dodgers, even met with Boston. It's going to be exciting. So really here on late December 17th, as the meetings continue and the anticipation builds more and more with each passing day, the only question that we have constantly on our minds is the very question in the episode title, when and where? When and where does Yamamoto sign? When does he sign and with which team? which also happens to be, I guess is a smooth transition. Try to do those as often as I can. <laughs> but Pretty smooth transition into the social media segment, considering that is the very open-ended question I asked you all for today's episode. When and where, as long as it has not officially happened yet, when and where do we all each believe that Yamamoto will sign? And I think I've been more than clear about it. I think... I think he does end up signing with the Yankees, ultimately. I won't be completely surprised if he doesn't. I do think that money's going to play a big part, and if he is offered more money, whether it be a significant amount or just a little amount more elsewhere, it's very possible that he could go elsewhere to that place that offers him the more money. It's very possible he just goes wherever the most money is. But I'm going to remain confident and believe that it is the Yankees. And as far as the when, I'm going to say... In the next week and a half, now I realize in saying that, that he only does have about two and a half weeks to begin with because, of course, these guys who are posted into free agency have limited windows of time in which they could sign with the Major League Ball Club. Yamamoto's window is 45 days, which expires January the 4th as a lot of us know. So he hasn't until then. So it's only so much longer this could drag on if he does even end up making a decision and wants to sign with a major league ball club. But I don't think it's going to go all the way to the end. I do think that could very well happen in the next week, but to be extra safe, I think in a week and a half. I definitely think he'll sign with someone, which someone to be specific is the part that's up for debate mostly. But I do think it'll be with the Yankees. Not saying that because I'm a Yankee fan. I would truly say otherwise if I... Felt something else in my gut, for real, I would say it. And I will say that it will confidently be within the next week and a half. I'll say in the next eight or nine days that he will sign with the Yankees. That's my official prediction. What kind of contract do I think he'll get if you guys want to go that far in depth? I know I'll probably get some replies delving into that discussion a bit, and that's fine. I'll say what I said before, probably like eight, nine years High 200s, low 300s, maybe anywhere in the 290 to 310 range, if I had to say. That's probably what I'll say. Maybe like 305 or, I don't know, like 295, something like that. I'll say, I'll even go even more specific. Like 295 to 305 for nine years, I'll say. Maybe even nine years, 300 exactly. Who the hell knows? It's, it's hard to say. The contracts could be anything. But that's what I'll say. And of course, if anything is to happen, by chance, unbelievably, before I'm done recording here today, in incomprehensible fashion, in which point the episode would be largely extended and turned into a completely celebratory, overjoyed episode... <laughs> then we'll address that before I'm done taping. But I highly doubt anything's going to happen before then. It'd be very funny if I say that now it does, but I don't think it will. But I will be sure to address it before we're done here in the event that it does happen. At the time I'm taping currently right now, nearly 40 minutes into the episode, it's around 7.15 at night, so it is pretty late. But hey, Juan Soto got done in like the 10 o'clock hour a couple of weeks ago, so there's that. Anything could happen, anytime, you never freaking know when it comes to the off-season and just the apex of all anticipation and excitement for any given huge player on the market. You just never know. And I do think it'll get done within the next eight to nine days because, and I know this hasn't totally halted things in the past, not in every instance, but also it's important to remind that next week, week from today, is Christmas Eve, and the following day is Christmas Day, obviously, Monday the 25th. And I would think that with the holiday times really running rampant around that time, especially throughout that week between Christmas and New Year's as well, I would think that within the next week or so, I think it's very likely within the next week that a deal gets done, regardless of where he goes, I do think it's very likely that within the next seven or eight days, I mean, I'm say, I was saying eight to nine to be extra safe, maybe put it off a little bit, but especially within the next week or so, I think it is very likely that something gets done before the holidays officially come in full force because sometimes things get pushed back a bit when it comes to the holidays. Not necessarily for everybody, and not necessarily in every instance in history, but sometimes it tends to. I don't really know if anybody's really balancing that as a factor. Some of them might not care, don't really know. But I'm thinking that that might play at least a slight factor into it as well. So I think there's a very good chance because of that as well, because of the timing of everything. So yeah, within the next seven to nine days, I'd be shocked if something with Yamamoto is not done. Because then the holidays pass, New Year's comes around, it's New Year's Day, for instance. Even when we talk on New Year's Eve and a couple of Sundays, Yamamoto's only going to have about four days remaining to sign. So that's why I just, I don't think it's going to go on for much longer, in all honesty. That's my honest opinion and thoughts about it. Let's hear what you guys have to say on the subject. It's very exciting stuff, the Yamamoto anticipation. I definitely expected to spend at least half or more of the episode on this today because of all the anticipation building around it. I'm getting myself all amped up because it has not been a secret how much I want this guy, and I've continued to watch highlights on him, which has really resulted in me formulating a lot of these opinions about him and wanting him to be a Yankee this badly and how I just feel like it's a, a connection made in heaven almost. Just get myself all amped up about it after Soto's done. Now I'm thinking it's possible since they had the nerve to do that Soto trade. And even though it's different because Soto's a trade, this will be a signing. But still, nonetheless... Just that overall feeling like, hey, maybe the Yankees are finally, after all these years, willing to do those humongous moves, willing to do what needs to be done in order to take those necessary next steps on the journey. So that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I'm getting myself all amped up about. But let's hear what you guys have to say primarily on the subject. I'm very curious. I'm very interested to hear what you guys think the timeline will be and when the timeline is met, where he's going to go. Because I know not all Yankee fans out there feel the same way that I do. Let's at least hear if a lot of the people who are willing to interact with me, listeners or otherwise, think differently or the same as me. So let's go and finish off this episode 205. First up, let's start with at Vinman23 saying, Yankees, next Friday, I think the league would be taking a break for a few days for the holidays. That's very funny you say that. <laughs> it was literally partially my thinking. But yeah, so next Friday I assume you mean Especially because this was posted yesterday Was this question The social media question on X Probably mean this coming Friday Which would be the 22nd If I'm not mistaken Yeah, the 22nd Yeah, that's in my window So I'm inclined to agree with that So it's funny Very similar logic to me, Vin <laughs> So I, I can definitely see that At RMNY1976 Says Yankees Tuesday afternoon Ooh damn That would be crazy. Just two days from now, I would go nuts. (laughs) I don't know, man. I would have to consider doing a really quick episode next Sunday. I'm really busy the whole day anyway. I don't know. Might just have to miss it, even if he does sign this coming week. I'm just going to have to come back at you on New Year's Eve. Because even just aside from the general notion that it is Christmas Eve next Sunday... I'm also going to be out like the entire day with plans, so I really can't do an episode next week, even if I wanted to, but I'll be sure to make it exciting the following week on New Year's Eve. Nonetheless, don't you worry about it. Finish off the year with a bang, celebrating the Yamamoto signing. My God, would that be an adventure? (laughs) Good Lord. Tuesday afternoon. God, I hope you're right. At Yankee Ken says Yankees within the next few days. All right, so everybody's operating within close proximity of each other. It seems like the similarity that everybody has here is everybody is expecting it to happen soon. I think everybody said within the next seven days. Very interesting. At par four, Tom says Wednesday from Japan. From Japan? what? Oh, you mean... No, that's not what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean, like, geographically, where is he going to be located when he signs. I, I meant with which team. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry if it wasn't clear enough about that. I mean, I mean it seems like everybody else got it. <laughs> from Japan. All right, well, at least you got the Wednesday part correct. So Wednesday, again, another answer from within this next week, everybody's saying. From Japan. <laughs> which team, my guy? At Mike B underscore 923 says, going to break it by percentage. 40% chance Yankees, 30% chance Dodgers, 20% chance Mets. And with the Jim Bowden or Bowden news earlier, 5% for Giants and Red Sox. Hmm, okay. So yeah, most chance with the Yankees. How about when? I guess within just the next week, because that's... It basically seems to be the general consensus in agreement with with me, really. Interesting percentages. I would probably actually float around the same thing. If we're being really honest, I'd... Actually, know what? No, I agree with you. I was about to put the Dodgers and Mets at the same percentage at around 30-30 and just completely eliminate the Giants and Red Sox. I just... I know they made him an offer. I just don't think he's going to go there, though. I'm just being really honest. I could end up being dead wrong about that. I don't know. None of us really know but I just don't seem going to Boston I, I just don't I think the Yankees and others have a much more of an appeal to compete much more in the near future than the Red Sox do just my personal opinion and I take Yamamoto strikes me as somebody as someone who wants to compete like right away and just have a really good chance at winning but yeah that's that's Other than including the Giants and Red Sox, I'd probably put it 40% Yankees, 30% Dodgers, and 30% Mets. Because I do see the Mets as a threat. They are still in the same town as here. In New York, obviously. And Steve Cohen could throw a lot of money at him. There are other avenues he chose not to pursue, so he could just be waiting on Yamamoto and preparing and just bolstering up to just throw a crap ton of money at him. Who knows? So that's probably what I'd do. But, yeah, that's not a bad prediction. At Campbell D 77 posted a GIF response of Red Sox fans dancing. So I imagine that's you saying that you think he'll go to Boston. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Listen, some other people are considering them an option. I personally don't. I'm not saying they're not actually an option because they apparently offered him something and he met with them. So it's not like they're not an option at all. Objectively, I'm just saying that I personally do not think there's a chance he actually goes there ultimately. I hope I'm making sense here when I say that, not confusing anybody or not making any sense. Anyway, yeah, so the Red Sox, okay. Not really a prediction of when. Yeah, fair enough, a couple of replies, not really sure when. All right. At Baseball, Tzar says the 23rd with the Yankees. All right, so it's six days away on Saturday. It's basically within my window as well. Fair enough. Also agreeing with the Yankees. All right, that's what I like to hear. Tina at Mountain Gal four five six saying, "I'm really hoping Yamamoto signs with the Yankees. I think he'd rather be wearing pinstripes, but that's just me. I do too, Tina. Just feels like a good connection. I don't know. That's just me. Feels like a connection that's meant to happen." At Shell eight nine five says Yankees. All right, no prediction of when. Right, that's fine, but. Another one saying Yankees. Okay. At Laura underscore Eismont, my buddy Laura says, my head says Dodgers. My heart says Yankees. I'm hoping my heart is the one that's right. I'm hoping your heart's right too, Laura. (laughs) I really hope so. At Evan Wetzel 11 says, it's slow now, but I'll still say Tuesday the 19th in the afternoon with the Yankees. Nine years, $307 million dollars with opt-outs and a full no-trade clause. Hey, Ev, you know what? A lot of those are basically within my window and within what I predicted. Yankees, I said that. Within the next seven, eight-ish days, nine-ish days, maybe, said that. So Tuesday is definitely a possibility. It'd be awesome if it's that soon. I believe somebody else said Tuesday, too, in a prior reply. And I said eight, nine years, anywhere from, like, 295 to 305. It's give or take around that window. Didn't really mention opt outs or trade clauses, but could be interesting. And because of the things I said too, I'm inclined to agree. A lot of similarities there in expectations. So, amen to that. Let's see who's next. Let's keep bouncing around. At B. Welch, 1943, says January 4th with the Mets he's going to take it all the way to the fourth see I don't agree with that I don't won't be as surprised if he goes to the Mets especially if they throw the most money at him but so that's not really the part I take issue with but you really think he's going to drag it all the way to the fourth I I don't see that I'm sorry I mean hey you could be right I don't know I could be totally wrong everybody else here saying it's going to happen very soon within the next week could be totally wrong we don't know none of us know But I just, I really don't see it going on that long. If I'm being honest, I truly don't. Rebecca at Peace Now for Life says, Hi, Mike. Hey, Rebecca. Happy holidays to you and your family. You as well. You as well, Rebecca. I'm still confident Yamamoto will sign with the Yankees. When Seinbrenner and Cashman want someone, they usually get him. When? I'm hoping before Christmas. Before Christmas, you know, within within the next eight days or so, that's what I'm thinking as well, as I've said, Rebecca. So I'm hoping for that too. I do think it'll drag a little bit beyond that if it doesn't happen by then, which I don't want. It's obviously not up to me or us, but that would just be a personal preference of mine. And that's really the mentality that I'm taking on too, Rebecca. That's why I'm saying a lot of this, not just for the fact that I feel like it's a match made in heaven per se, but I just feel like the Yankees have a different mindset now after that Soto trade especially. I just feel like... You know, when they're on a mission like this, they tend to just go out there and do whatever it takes in order to get the guy that they have their eyes set on. The Yankees have been going on and on for weeks now, and reports have been talking about how long the Yankees have had their eyes on this kid. Years, apparently. Almost like they've reserved a spot for him. And I just find it hard to believe, even despite my many criticisms through the years of the front office and Cashman and Steinbrenner and just everybody around their brain trust, despite my criticisms of them. It just seems like a lot of the time when you've heard that they had their eyes set on someone for years and they're almost like reserving a spot for them, a lot of the time they find a way to get it done. That's why this just feels different to me. I I just feel like it's going to happen. I just do. I think a lot of people out there can relate with me. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Yankee fan or I'm biased or anything. If you've been listening to me or following me overall for some time now, you should know. If you've done your due diligence and you've followed along with me for a while, you should know after doing your due diligence that I do not operate on subjectivity and bias at all. I come to my thoughts after doing proper research and coming from an angle where I do not let emotions speak for me when I'm talking about any one team, player, or any subject in sports. doesn't matter. I don't let it interfere. This is truly me speaking objectively, like I always try to. I just objectively feel like it's going to happen, like it's meant to be. So, just my personal opinion, I'm in alignment with a lot of what you said. Signing with the Yankees, thinking it it gets done before Christmas at the very least. I'm in agreement with all of that. And also about when the Yankees seem to have their eyes set on somebody and how it usually goes as a result, Rebecca. I'm I'm in agreement with you. All right, let's uh, see who else we could do. We've got... At Sports D, 247 saying, With a baseball team. <laughs> well, I see we got ourselves a regular riot here. <laughs> yeah, laugh it up. <laughs> with a baseball team. Get out of here. Oh, gosh. Let's keep on going. At Cashman Sucks NYY says, I think Yamamoto might sign by January 3rd, 2024. Well, it kind of has to. I man January 4th is really it. So, January 3rd or back is what I'd recommend if I were him, if he really had a desire to sign with a major league club, at least this offseason, during this posting period. Would definitely recommend that. <laughs> January 3rd or behind. It'd be nice if it happened on January 3rd, considering that's my birthday after all. That'd be quite the birthday present. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a Yankee. Happy birthday, Mike. <laughs> That'd be pretty freaking incredible. I doubt it's going to happen that way, though. I just don't think it's going to take that long. Let's do maybe like three more, something like that. Spencer at Musician DMD says, I expect we'll get an answer by Thursday. Yamamoto and his agent want this to drag out. The Yankees get him. They'll make him a respectable and generous offer. He knows the Yankees take winning seriously. He knows what it means to be a Yankee. He knows what it means to win with the Yankees. And he has no stipulations like Otani that excessively limit the number of teams pursuing him. He has more to gain by playing for the Yankees than any other team. Hideki Matsui will no doubt point this out. Well, yeah, we heard rumors, and I addressed this the last couple of weeks as well, of guys like Matsui and even possibly Tanaka doing some recruiting with Yamamoto to try to convince him to go to the Yankees. And then Andy Martino like refuted that was going to happen for a while even though Jack Curry was the original one to say that and Jack is very respectable and reputable when it comes to baseball reporting, the Yankees in particular. But, so who knows who we really believe there. I'm pretty sure these other guys like Matsui have spoken to him at one point or another. They're definitely great points of reference when it comes to talking about what it means to be a Yankee and what it's like to be there especially during winning times. So, If that is the case, I do feel like that'll be a major pull, as I've said in the past, so that's something else to add on to why I think it could legitimately happen with the Yankees. Very good reason if it did, in fact, happen. But yeah, lots of good points here, Spencer, especially with the stipulations and the excessive amount that made Otani very limited to only a certain amount of ball clubs. Pretty sure there's more in on Yamamoto than there was in on Otani more ball clubs being that is, but definitely has more to gain overall by being Yankee. That's for sure. I agree. I do think there are a lot of aspects of the Yankees that have become a bit tainted in the last 14, 15 years since they last won. I believe their view on winning and what they consider reality has been a bit distorted in recent years. I don't think that is much of a debate. But there's no question that in times like this, they at least at times do what needs to be done in order to assemble a better team, especially the Juan Soto trade is a big piece of evidence of that, whether you like it or not. I have certainly criticized this front office more than most, and there has been a lot of criticizing out there. But even I will admit, the times where they here and there come through and do what needs to be done, and I do think this will be another instance of that. And I do think that Yamamoto is such a crucial additional and really big almost final piece to the massive puzzle to really put the Yankees on that massive radar yet again to be at a significant chance of seeing them doing it all again I do think that I truly believe that so I think they sign him a lot of people have been talking about the Montas incentive deal prove it deal one year really cheap contract just to try to prove it yet again we'll see we shall see, but I definitely do think he made a lot of good points here, Spencer. I do agree that the Yankees will be the one, and getting an answer by Thursday, I do think that they've done a good job of dragging it out so far, but especially with the 4th of January approaching fast, the holidays approaching, and him having as many meetings as he's had, I do think that a decision is going to be coming down the pike very soon. Very, very soon. All right, last two as per usual. First up, as always, my girlfriend at Vic Salimo. And she says, I do think it'll get done within the next week or so. I don't see it going far beyond that. And I do think he's just going to go wherever he's offered the most money. I hope it's with the Yankees. I certainly hope so too. And I do think that it's very possible that the money thing could come to fruition. Just goes wherever the biggest money is because that... It's a big draw (laughs) when coming here from overseas. I just feel like the Yankees are, are the ones. I just really do. I do think that if it's possible, if there's like a $10 million difference, $5 million difference, I mean, to the average person, it's a very massive difference. But in the scope of this, when you're talking about these outrageous numbers for these athletes, baseball players in particular, $5 million isn't too massive of a difference at all. And I do think that if it's a difference, let's say like the Dodgers off from 310, the Yankees off from 305, same amount of years maybe, I do think that he might still end up choosing the Yankees if it's the right fit for him and it's really what he wants. But it could end up just being whoever gives him the most money. We don't know. It could very well be, Victoria. I don't blame you for saying that. And we'll see how it shakes out. But I do agree with you, especially in saying the next week or so. I do think it's going to be sooner rather than later. And last but certainly not least, as always, is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, saying, Hi, Mike. Hey, Mom. I do believe Yamamoto will sign with a team before January 4th. I'm hoping it's with the Yankees. I am, however, concerned with him meeting with other teams, especially the Mets. We truly need to add to our pitching, especially now with the loss of King. We need pitching to help Cole before even losing King. I hope Cashman keeps on his good path to adding the best players to this team. Then maybe, just maybe, we can jump off the Cashmans a tool train. At least temporarily. (laughs) We deserve to have the best on our team after the debacle of the season we had to suffer through at the hands of Cashman's miserable choices in the past. I'll say it happens. We'll get him on the Yankees. Put Yamamoto in pinstripes. Let's go, Yanks. A freaking men. Yeah, an applause for sure. Strong statement there to end, Mom. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely do think that he won't let January 4th come and go. I definitely do think he'll sign with a big league club, no doubt there. Do agree it's with the Yankees. So no specific real time frame, just before then, I guess. Kind of has to be before then if he wants to sign with an American team, at least right now. But yeah, I wouldn't really be concerned about him meeting with other teams. I, I think it's very responsible of him to do that, to just really see which team has to offer what, and what talking points they all have to try to draw him in. I know it's a bit of a risk when you're a team that really wants him to let him really speak to much of anybody else, but he's going to do his due diligence, like I keep on talking about. It's a big theme this episode I've talked about, doing your research, going around, and getting all necessary information in order to make a well-informed decision. I can't blame him for doing that. He's got to do his research. He's coming from overseas, coming from his homeland, wants to do what's best for himself, his family, his career, and also, I have to imagine, wants to give himself the best chance of winning. Now, which team does he feel gives him that best chance? That's going to be up to him to decide, ultimately. But that's just him getting his information and doing all he can to make a decision that he can feel confident in and that he feels comfortable with, where he can put his head comfortably on the pillow every single night when he goes to sleep. Now, I think he'll be able to sleep very comfortably, regardless of where he goes with the kind of money that's being spoken about, just financially, but also just wherever he plays specifically, the location. Which will have him feeling the best? Which does he think he has the best chance at winning with? And where will he be the most happy and be able to compete the most legitimately? That's really what it's going to come down to. However he decides, it's ultimately up to him. But I'm not going to let the fact that he is meeting with others really get me too concerned. He's meeting with the Yankees multiple times as well, so there's that. So I guess it's the same perspective from any other side as well. If you're a Dodgers or a Mets fan, you can say, oh, he's met a couple of times with the Yankees as well. It's making me nervous. So it goes both ways. But yes, when it comes to needing to add to pitching, the main big four with the Yankee rotation right now are Cole, who's obviously phenomenal. Then you have Rodon, who's... I mean, probably the definition of a question mark, (laughs) especially considering his contract, which makes it even harder to deal with. Nestor, another massive question mark, regressed when he was playing last year on the mound, but then otherwise was dealing with a lot of health issues. You have Clark Schmidt, who improved in the latter part of the season, halfway through and on mostly. But, you know, it's not really necessarily a sure thing per se. And otherwise, it's really... It's a lot of question after that. That's why now I'm thinking, especially after all these trades have gone down, might not be the worst idea to bring Montas in, now more so than before, on an incentive-prove-it deal, and then add someone like Yamamoto to really fill up that rotation, give you like six, seven options to go to some decent depth, which people have their concerns about, and really just have some high talent, some really legit elite talent at that top of the rotation between Cole, Yamamoto... And I know these are ifs, but if Rodon and Nestor could even find a chunk of what they were before 2023, talking about a banging rotation, guys. You really are. And then if you have Schmidt coming through the way he does, and if Montas makes a a really big impact by chance and happens to bounce back, they keep on talking him up as far as his health right now. The possibilities are endless. It's just a matter of how much it could just tank with a lot of injuries or underperforming. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Because the baseball gods have not been kind to the Yankees in those regards, obviously, as we know, in recent years. But who knows? Maybe after the debacle, like my mom said, of 2023, maybe maybe they'll be willing to ease up a little bit. I will not be relying on that. I don't trust them to treat us well, the baseball gods meaning. But who knows? But yeah, even before losing King, they could have afforded more depth, absolutely. And now losing him, you need more, so... Yeah, it's more of a stress to get someone like Yamamoto. I totally agree, and that's why I feel like he has to be one of those massive pieces that has to find himself here. Has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, you look elsewhere within the States. Some other options that I mentioned before. Whether they're feasible or not, you know, that's something you tackle in the event that you can't land Yamamoto. But for now, Yamamoto's got to be the one you go after. It's also going to take time for the league to adjust to him, guys. You know, he's going to come here... And a lot of guys going to have a lot of difficulty against him. I'm pretty sure they'll watch Japan highlights and really try to get some good, legitimate scouting reports on him as much as possible from an international standpoint. But he's going to be a brand new pitcher here in the States that nobody here really has faced yet. So it's going to take some time for the league to adjust to him so he could have a very good first year because of that. Especially because of that. I mean, who knows? So it's just a really... A lot of attractive points of this, of this union, that could potentially shape up in the coming days. But yeah, getting off the Cashman tool train temporarily, at least, it could certainly be a solution. If he, if they manage to land both of these guys, Soto and him, and even just add a couple of minor, minor other pieces to bolster up the depth of the team and whatnot going forward, we'll definitely have to shut up about them for at least a little while. That's for sure. My mouth will be shut shut my trap for a little bit. But yeah, we definitely do deserve the best. We do. I don't care what anybody says. Call us pouty children for all you want. We deserve it. <laughs> but yeah, Genman pinstripes. Get him in the pinstripes. Yankee pinstripes, to be specific. That's the overall point of the discussion. Amen to that, Mom. And that really wraps up all of the Highly anticipated Yamamoto discussion in praying that he makes a decision very soon and that that decision is the New York Yankees. And we can come here completely overjoyed on yapping Yankees on December the 31st, New Year's Eve, the final day of 2023, being able to report that Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a New York Yankee backing up Garrett Cole in the starting rotation. That's the hope. Let's make it happen, Yanks. Let's do it. That's the hope we're going into, heading into the final Yapping Yankees episode of 2023 on the final day of 2023 in two weeks. So with that being said, my friends, that is all for episode 205 of Yapping Yankees today. But before I go, just a couple of quick usual reminders that I usually do at the end of each show. Remember to follow me on all social medias if you don't already. Facebook fan page, Mike Scadero NY. X is Mike Scadero or at Mike Scudero. Instagram is MikeScuds97, and please be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it is available on as well if you don't already. Those are YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love across all four like you all always do such a great job at doing, my friends. And if you've missed any Yapping Yankees episode, well, you can listen to episodes 34 all the way up to today's episode, episode 205, by heading over to YouTube. And if you want to listen to even the very first episode of Yapping Yankees, well, that's good news, too, because every single Yapping Yankees episode, from the very first one all the way up to today, episode 205, those are all available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. But once again, I thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today. As always, my friends, I have been your host, Mike Scudero. And I will talk to you in two Sundays on the final day of the year, December 31st, New Year's Eve, when I come at you with a celebratory, hopefully, whether it be because of the end of 2023 or Yamamoto being a Yankee or both, hopefully both. But regardless of the context, when I come at you with episode 206 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, guys, hang in there. Be patient. Stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. Go ahead and kick life's ass this week, as always. Let us pray that Yamamoto becomes a Yankee, especially within the next week. That would be beyond epic. And, of course, I want to also take a second to thank you all, as always, for interacting with the social media segment. Even spending a second of your day with me here on today's Yapping Yankees episode, you know that it means the absolute world to me. And what would also mean the absolute world to me and the rest of you, as I know, would be for Yamamoto to be a Yankee. So when and where, hopefully it's with the Yankees and as soon as freaking possible. But let us try to be patient, which I know is a chore for us, especially me, and just hang around and see where he does end up signing. Fingers crossed, it's the Yanks, and it's as soon as possible. But in any event, I will talk to you in two Sundays, my friends, where hopefully we have a lot to celebrate, especially... In Yankee Land, But until then, I also want to wish each and every one of you out there a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday to you and your family. Have all the fun in the world, but also be safe and responsible. And I very much look forward to talking to you again right before we ring in the new year of 2024 in two Sundays on December the 31st. And until then, as I usually say at the very end of every episode of Late, take care and let's go. Yanks!